and welcome to another edition of Sunday Stories, where we tell the stories of the people that make North Church Guthrie such a special place. I'm Corey White, the host, and our guest this week is Stephanie Lee. Uh, Stephanie, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, uh, first question I ask both people is, um, how'd you get involved in North and, and what do you do? So I got involved with North um, through one of my daughter's friends, actually. She wanted to come um, visit, or she wanted to go to North with one of her friends. And this has been several years ago, what, I think uh, 2016. So I had just started taking my daughter uh, so that she could go see one of her friends. And and, um, and so I would sit through service, and it just... Um, I, I really enjoyed it. It was it was a change from what um, church had always been like for me, you know, growing up. How so? Um, well, I grew up in Virginia, so that's very Southern Baptist, for those of you that don't know. Um, but, you, you know, you wear your, your church dress and you... Um, you know, and, and you have Sunday school and then you, you sing in church and, you know, all the kids go to big church. And, um, and so this was very different. And, and that is also, um, it's very, I don't even know the right word, but it's, it's, it's high pressure. Even I feel like this, you know, North is so, um, relaxed and laid back and, you know, everybody is just, you, you come as you are and, uh, you can wear the tank top if you want. <laughs> yes. Like you, you, you know, you, you dress how you want you. Um, I mean, you, you really truly just come as you are and there's no expectations of, you know, what you're supposed to look like or sound like, or, um, you know, a lot of the things that you get, uh, from, places like I grew up and so and so I began coming with my daughter and by myself and uh, my husband and I had never really talked about church and kind of funny I mean really you think that's one of the things that you talk about at some point either dating or you know once you get married and and one Sunday morning I was getting ready and he just he was like well are you ever gonna ask me if I want to (laughs) go and I said oh well I didn't think about it because I didn't think this, uh, you know, I didn't think that you would want to. And so, um, and that was how we, we started coming in North and we made it our home and, and we've been going ever since. And like I said, it's been, so it was, it was the fall of 2016. So four years now. Did you start in Guthrie or were you, we started going to the Edmond campus. So you started at the Guthrie location. Yes, I did. And you're, you, you live here in, in Guthrie? Sort of. I live out by the Lazy E. Uh, it's about the same distance to go to either one. Um, but we started going to Guthrie because, like I said, that's where my daughter's friend uh, was going. And that was initially how we how we uh, joined. And, and for a while, it was just her and I going and, you know, just kind of sit in the back. And you say hi to people, but you don't really know them, you know. And, and, um, and then it was probably about a month or so of that. And then I got really involved. I got involved even before my, my husband started coming. And, and I uh, serve in the North Kids area. I teach and, and do hall captain and check in and basically wherever they need me. Yeah. What, what do you, uh, is there something you like about, you know, working with the kids being in, the, in that area? Yeah. Um, 
working with kids just kind of hits home to me um, in a church setting. Like, I don't think I could ever work at a daycare. <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't feel like I have a lot of patience, but then I do something like this and it completely contradicts that. But um, I, I kind of had a rough childhood growing up and church was the one place that I really hoped somebody would notice what was going on. And so serving in the kids area is, it, it's really close to my heart because I want to be that person that they can come to if they need somebody or, you know, if I can catch what's going on, you know, in somebody's life and, and help them out of a situation, that's, that's really why, why I do it is because, you know, when I was growing up in, in Sunday school, people don't really pay attention anymore or I mean even then but it seems less today that people really pay attention especially you know with technology and and all the things that we have today that we didn't have when I was growing up yeah the distractions yeah and so um like I just you know I just want to be there for the kids and then if if somebody if, if there's you know one one kid that I can make a difference in, then it's all worth it. And that is so critical today, especially, uh, you know, when we talk about isolation and COVID and, and I think about that a lot and that you, you kids who are, who struggle with their home lives, you know, they don't have that sense of security that maybe they would have had if, you know, the one place they could go to school and they would have a little sense of normalcy, right? And they would have the eight-hour day and they could, you know, maybe they get out the one good meal they would eat a day and now, now they, or, or go to church and have those. A lot of kids don't have that. They don't have those stable home lives. That's right. That's right. And this year has been really tough for a lot of families, a lot of kids, and, uh, so, you know, I'm sure it was hard for a while with the kids not being able to go to church. And, you know, I'm glad that we've been able to open that back up. I'm glad that Guthrie schools decided to go five days a week because, like you said, that's, you know, that's could be essentially a safe place for them for those hours of a day and, and two meals for them. And and, um, and so I'm glad that Guthrie made that decision. Yeah. Well, let me tell me your story. You said you were you grew up in Virginia. I did. I grew up in Southern Virginia. Um, very poor. Very, very poor. Um, uh, not a very good home life. Um, I was abused in a multitude of ways. Um, and so, you know, that again, that's why um, doing what I do with the kids is important. Because if, if I can catch that and, and save save a kid from that, then, you know, that's, yeah. it's kind of, that, that kind of defined your, your childhood and, and you want to get back in, in, in many ways. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I see a lot of people that, um, grow up like I did, um, you know, poor and, and, um, without, and, you know, sometimes homeless or a bunch of different things. And, and I really, People typically go one of two ways. They either, you know, fall into lives of, you know, depression and drugs or, you know, or they make, they make themselves better and, and they, um, 
they thrive to be a better adult, you know, than, than maybe their parents were. How, how did you, I mean, it sounds that decision to be that, that one thing instead of the other. Was there a moment when you made that decision or what, what steps did you take to become, to not fall into that, what you called maybe that pit of despair? You know, I really can't think of a defining moment, but I just, as far back as I can remember thinking, you know, that, that as soon as I'm able to, you know, get out of this situation, whether it's I turn 18 or, or whatever that looks like, um, I, I just, I decided very young. And like I said, as far back as I can remember that, that I was going to be different. I was going to make something of myself. Um, and by make something of myself, I, I just mean that, you know, I will have a place to live and I will have a job and I will make sure I have food and, and, you know, and provide the things for my children. And, and, um, and, and so it does, it didn't necessarily mean, you know, I was going to go out and try to be an actor or a singer because, Lord knows I can't sing. <laughs> neither, neither can I. So, well. Um, so no, I, I don't really know that there was a defining moment. Um, but I, I just, I knew that you one to, way or another. Yeah. What, 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 so you turn 18 and, and, and what happens? Well, so the story was actually a little different. I moved to Oklahoma um, right before I turned 16. Uh, to meet some family, um, I met to meet my dad. I didn't, I didn't know my dad growing up. Um, my stepdad, I thought was my dad, and and wasn't. Uh, so I moved out here to meet my dad. Uh, turns out he was probably equally as bad as my stepdad. So so that didn't uh, that didn't bode very well. Um, but no, when I graduated high school and I just I started working and going to college and and just um doing everything that I could to to move myself forward and um and I I got married um the first time very young um I just turned 20 yeah um and, and so that was somewhat different um but my my then husband you know he wanted he had grown up somewhat similar and and so we both knew that that's not how we wanted to live and how we wanted to uh, raise a child uh in what way how you wanted to live uh you know just poor or um or you know maybe moving around a bunch or changing jobs frequently or um and when i say poor i don't mean I mean, not, you know, being able to feed ourselves and our family and being able to pay our bills, that, those, those types of things. I mean, I, I'm not wealthy by any means. Mm. So, um, but you know, we we take care of our, of our household and our family and our, well, tell me about, you, you said you have children. Tell me about them. So I have Rowan. She is 13. I had her with, um, with my ex-husband and I have Henry who is three and a half. <laughs> so it is, it is an age difference. I will say it's, it's like sometimes having two only children. Um, and then sometimes 
<laughs> it's almost as if they're close in age because they fight the way they fight. You would think that they're, you know, that they're close in age, but it's, um, they're really a blessing. Children, you know, I have friends that can't have children and, and my heart hurts for them. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but no, they're, they're great kids and. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of glad that it it worked out the way that it worked out because having them closer in age, I don't know if if I would have been able to uh, to deal with that. I, like I said, I don't have a lot of patience. What? Yeah. What did you learn? Uh, you said you were 20, uh, so you weren't. I mean, you, when you got married, you had your first kid. I mean, young, not not crazy young, but you were young. And then um, you there, you know you probably learn a little bit. You you mature a little bit. You have your second child. What are the differences in in rearing children at those different ages? Oh my goodness. Well, let me just say the first difference is the way that your body bounces back. <laughs> um, Having children younger, you definitely recover a lot faster than you do uh, when you're older. But I will also say um, having a child older, it, it's, been, it's been different um, as far as, you, you know, when, when you're younger, you're still, you're still young, you know. And I don't know that anybody's ever really ready to be a parent. Um, but the, the, you know, the second go around being older was, was a lot different. I can't quite put my finger on it, but I can say that, I don't know, maybe, maybe just because I'm older, I do have a little more patience than I did then. Um, when, when I was younger though, having Rowan, you know, younger at 21, I had a lot more energy mm-hmm. to do stuff with her then. So I, I think there's, there's positives and negatives to having kids young and old. Um, and now I'm experiencing both. And so, um, and I don't, like I said, I don't think anybody's ever really ready. For parenting, there's no manual, right? No, no. <laughs> there's definitely no manual, especially today with, uh, you know, with the, with the social medias and all the technology and everything um, that kids, uh, you know, are, can see, you know, I mean, it's, it's much more difficult today to protect them, uh, from, from seeing things than it was maybe in the past because of, you know, everything is just so readily available on a cell phone. I couldn't agree more. Uh, my, my daughter's phone is pretty, pretty restricted and, (laughs) and she doesn't have, you know, social media and, and she has begged for Snapchat for years. And I just, I downloaded it and looked at it and I was like, there's, there's no way I'm, I'm, you know, it is. And that's, it's a scary thing, just how much they can access these days at at any age. I I swear my, my son can, can work my iPad better than I can. Mm -hmm. And, and you want to protect your kids from those so many things. There's so many things that they should probably never be exposed to, let alone at such young ages. It's, if you know if i could i would do away with all of it yeah <laughs> yeah but you i mean you honestly can't because you know you restrict them and then they somebody they see it at school you know they're going to go see it at school so i you know i had hetty on the podcast on father's day this year hetty coleman the the head pastor and you know we're chatting about this is during um you know a lot of the upheaval there was um uh, you know there was uh, the shooting of a of a black man by police officers and you know i asked him do you do you fear for your for your sons um and he he said you know i i just i do the best i can and then i just have to trust in god 
and that's all I can do. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. And, and, you know, um, I, I just ask my kids that if, if they see something or they hear something, uh, that they don't understand, come talk to me about it. You know, let me be the one to try to explain it to you so that you, you know, that you, so that you get the facts, you know, you're not just hearing, um, one side from the internet or your friends or, or what have you. Um, but yeah, I, I would, I would, I would agree with, with Pastor Eddie that, <laughs> that it's so much of it is in God's hands. Yeah. Yeah. And what is Rowan like your old, what does she like to do? Or... Uh, right now she just likes to be on her phone. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she cheers at the junior high and she hangs out with her friends and that's, um, she's real into escape rooms right now. So we've been doing quite a few of those and those are a lot of fun. Escape rooms. Yes. Yeah. yeah those are kind of neat, probably great, probably a good bonding experience too, between you and her and getting an opportunity to, to, to do that kind of thing, you know, cause yeah, it, it, good bonding time probably. It is, it is. Um, so many, you know, as, as kids get older, you, kind of lose the ability to connect with them on things they like to do and um you know it's it's not as easy when she was younger we would go out to eat and you know have mommy daughter dates and so um trying to do that now I just get the mom mm -hmm. so this is this is a, those have been a way to do that without uh without her really maybe even understanding that, that there's still, you know, some version of the, the mommy daughter dates. Yeah. You still, you still want that connection, even if it is uh, harder. Um, tell me about, tell me about your husband. Uh, my husband is, he's pretty great. Um, first and foremost, you know, because he loves Rowan unconditionally and even though she's not his. And, and I think that says a whole lot about, uh, any person, you know, that comes into, that comes into a relationship, you know, with somebody that has kids and they, they treat them as their own and, and they love them as their own. Um, and he just, he works really hard and to take care of our family and he does so much around the house. I can't, I can't tell you how, how much I, I really appreciate that and love that, um, because I know a lot of my friends don't don't get that, and and especially when I work crazy hours, um, I come home and the house is clean, or the laundry's done, or dinner's made, and it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I want to uh, ask you about your work life, but I, I wonder did did you learn? And I, I don't want to get uber personal here, but what did you learn from from your first marriage to your second marriage, and and how's that how's that stronger? I, I can say I learned a lot um, from my first marriage, uh, sadly, after it was over. Yeah. Um, but you, you learn that you learn that you have to communicate and you learn that you have to give and take. And, and um, I, I can say that my first husband and I probably took each other for granted, you know. Um, and I think sometimes that's a caveat of being young. And so that was one thing that, um, that I wanted to make sure that I, I never did. Um, and, and then, like I said, you have to, you have to give and take and you have to communicate and you have to, you know, you, my ex-husband and I fought a lot and it's not something that I'm, I'd say we're proud of. Um, 
but it did, it did teach me a lot after the fact. And, and so, it, it, you know, it, it just, it's not, it's not, um, it's not a good way to be in any relationship, whether it's a, a marriage, a, a parental relationship, a friendship. Um, and, and that's, that's another thing that's really different is you think about how you are with your friends and for some reason that doesn't translate and you know when you're in a relationship and you, you think about those yeah, things. Yeah, well, it, it, when you when you're with your friends, you know when things get hard, you, you can walk away. When you're in a relationship and things get hard, you can't, you know, you 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 got to fight it out or you know you're you're stuck with that person. I say stuck and I you know what I mean, but Yeah, I yeah. do. I do yeah. and that's funny because we joke about it, you know, is even even if we're upset with each other, we just, you know, if one of us needs to calm down or, or something, um, we still say, well, you're, you're stuck with me. So, um, be, because we've, we've taken that very seriously and, and no matter what happens and no matter what's hard and, or what's going on, we're going to figure it out because, you know, we've, we've decided and, and, you know, we've, we've said that no matter what, we'll figure it out because we'll, we're not going to get divorced. Yeah, yeah, to the part. Uh, the uh, how is how is you said you you started going to church and it really wasn't a a, a part of your relationship. Uh, it sounded like when you were dating and and getting married. Has now that it's become a part of your life and your relationship, and and as you've grown in at North Church Guthrie, how has that transformed your relationship? I would, or has it? I mean, I would say that it's definitely made it stronger. Um, I think when God's involved with things that everything is stronger, everything is better. Um, you know, we just, it, it makes us better people personally. So I think that makes us better together and it it makes us stronger. Um, especially when we have a, a, some sort of a disagreement because, you know, we, we've, I think we've kind of learned to love a little better through all of this. Um, I, I would say that we had a, you know, a very strong relationship before, but I, I think it's, it's made it stronger. I wouldn't say that it's had, um, a drastic change mm-hmm. by any means because, you know, before we got married, we, we had some very, you know, clear lines of communication and, and, um, and things like that. So, so coming to North Church Guthrie and making that our home has just um, it, it's made us it's made us stronger as a couple. But it's also given us that church family that I think that everybody needs. You know, everybody everybody needs those those people that you can count on and that you see and that you know they just they just love you for for being you for existing and and. Um, and I think that's helped us too is, is because uh, we're trying to be more more of those people, you know. That's a process. It's absolutely a process. Well, tell about what what is uh, what is your day to day? What do you what do you do from nine to five? Um, I would like to say it's from nine to five. But yeah, <laughs> it's probably um, not. So I'm a public adjuster. A lot of people don't know what that is. Um, Enlighten us. Okay, so the easiest way that I explain this is an insurance company has an adjuster, so why shouldn't you? 
So I represent policyholders, homeowners, business owners, and their claims against their insurance company. Usually I get brought in when there's a problem. Um, a lot of commercial businesses will hire us from the start to just manage manage the whole process. But um, typically I get involved when there's a problem and, and uh, the insurance company's not paying what they should or not paying at all. And sadly, a lot of people don't know we exist. And, and um, when they have insurance claim problems, they, they really feel like they don't have any options, but they do. And so, um, you know, so when I was, you and I were talking a little bit before this and I told you I travel around speaking, um, that's, that's, so I speak to, um, inform contractors. I speak to inform, you know, homeowners and business owners of their, their options and, um, and, and ways to help. And so I don't really have a nine to five. I, um, but, but that's what I do is I, I represent policyholders in their insurance claims. Okay. How does, if somebody, how would somebody get a hold of you if, uh, if they wanted, you know, if they need, if they're going through something like that, do they just find you on the internet or whatever? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I would say Google a public adjuster, you know, I always tell people to, to do your own research first, um, but we're, our office is in Edmond. Uh, our company is Coppermark Public Adjusters. We're not hard to find, um, but there's not many uh, PAs here in Oklahoma. That's that's what I've come to realize. So there's, there's around 50 resident PAs in Oklahoma. Half of them probably are retired or don't practice, um, about another half practice in other states from here and and so you're looking at somewhere around a dozen and then you compare that to Texas who has I I believe at at last check was somewhere around 3,400 public adjusters adjusters. yeah Yeah. um and and so yeah if if people have claim help you know look up a public adjuster look up copper mark um we're we're happy to help we do free claim reviews I'm I would think that other PAs do as well but um that's 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 my day to day is is helping people. And you say you travel and you speak. I guess do you like the travel and do you like the speaking? I do. Yeah. I do. Um I've always kind of had a travel bug. I used to travel adjusting for insurance companies um way back when and I gave that up uh you know when I got divorced because we couldn't both travel and so um so I always kind of missed the traveling and and I'm glad that I get to do it again. Uh, we travel, like I said, all over the United States um, to either learn something or to teach somebody else, and, and so it's been it's been really great. And I like when my husband can go with me. I like when the family can go with me. Um, and even when that's not possible, he's my husband's a really great support system because he takes care of the home when I'm away. Yeah, is there anywhere you really like to travel to? Everywhere. Everywhere. I mean, so do you yeah. have like a favorite spot? I wouldn't say that I have a favorite spot, really. Um, I, I just like to go. I just yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're right. You've been everywhere. Uh, little Johnny Cash song or whatever. Um, the uh, speaking, and um, you obviously are, are comfortable in front of a mic, but you know that's it. Seems to be either you love it or you hate it, right? Some people just despise public speaking, and you know some people just love it. Are you one of those people that just love it? I am. I didn't, I was really unsure if I was going to be one of those people that love it. 
Uh, so my first speaking event, you know, I'm in a room full of people and I'm, I'm standing there with a microphone and, um, I was a little nervous at first and I can honestly say that, you know, the more, the, the more I do it, the easier it gets. But, um, about five to 10 minutes into that, that first one, I just kind of found my groove and it was, it was no thing. It was like, I had been doing it forever Mm -hmm. and, and I do love it. I love to educate people and I, I love to help people. And I think, um, all that ties in with, you know, what I do at North with the kids and, and what I do for my career. Yeah, I, I, I was actually going to ask you that because it does, you know, with what you shared with us, and I appreciate that in your, in your childhood and the things that you had to go through. Do you think that that, that in, in some ways has kind of led you to this point in where your job is as you're serving to help people in, in so many different capacities? I do. I do. Um, I, I hadn't really thought about it much until recently um because in all aspect of anything that i've done really since i turned 18 has been helping people and um sometimes you don't really you don't really realize something until you sit down and think about it but absolutely yeah well i um we've we've talked a lot of different directions but i I do want to ask you what, what are you grateful for That's tough. I'm grateful for a lot of things. Um, but I'm really grateful to be in the position that I am in my life. Just alive and happy and have my family and have my church family and my renewed faith. You know, like I said, I went to church when I was a kid and, and, um, and I, I had quit going for a long time because I, I felt like I felt like God let me down. I felt like he, um, you know, even every every Sunday I went to church and I prayed and and I prayed for somebody to notice or I prayed, you know, to, to be out of the situation that I was in. And, and I got really discouraged that um, that God didn't listen and, and God didn't hear my prayers and help me. And so. It took me a long time to come to terms with that and and come full circle. And and so I think that what I'm most grateful for now is the faith that I have and and the helping that I do. I just, um, you know, I I think that, that, um, that maybe I went through all of those things because God wanted to use me to help others. What, what, what advice do you give to people in, in there? Because there are people in that situation where they're struggling right now and they're going through this and, you know, they feel like they're asking God and they're, you know, and, and he's not answering. He's not responding. Uh, he's not helping. And, uh, you know, they're, it's a tough, that's a tough situation to be in, um, in, in that kind of pain. What do you, what, what advice do you give to people in those situations? Um, several things probably, and, and it really tied into today's story. But the, the first uh, piece of advice is is not to give up and, and not to turn away from God because you don't know what his plans for you are. Um, the, the second piece of advice that I have is for people to ask for help. There are so many people that struggle with so many things, whether it's a job or feeding their family or 
addiction or just so many different things and people don't ask for help. Yeah. Loneliness, you know? Yes. Yes. Reach. uh, And so that's probably my biggest piece of advice is, is, you know, next to, you know, not giving up and and don't lose your faith, but, but ask for help. Uh, Pride is, um, pride can be good to have, but pride is definitely an ugly animal. And a lot of people are, you know, too proud to ask for help or they're ashamed or embarrassed and don't be, I mean, because the people that judge you or that, that might judge you, those aren't the people that are going to be helping you anyway. And, and there, there is no place for that. And if, if somebody, you know, I, I've, I have friends and, and different things that have, have asked for help and, uh, you know, maybe they didn't get it. And, and so that, causes them to give up but definitely don't give up and and ask for help yeah i mean we all need somebody you know every one of us needs uh somebody we can talk to and somebody we can share with absolutely and and, you know and, and not just that but you know if if you're struggling for for whatever reason you know ask for help it doesn't have to be even to somebody you know it can be a stranger if you feel more comfortable find that stranger mm-hmm. and, and ask for help. Yeah. It's not, it's not weak to get help. No, it, 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 you know, growing up, especially how I grew up, it was very frowned upon to get help. And, um, that, I mean, that's, that's obviously given me some difficulties in my adult life because I even, you know, even at work, I still try to do it all. Um, but, but you're right. It does not. It it makes you. It makes you stronger. I think, if you can ask for help. No, excellent. Well, thank you, Stephanie. Thank you for uh, being on the show and appreciate this conversation. It was just delightful. So thank you and thank you for sharing everything. So appreciate that. Was our guest on Sunday Stories, Stephanie Lee. Thank you for having me, Corey. That will do it for this edition of Sunday Stories. We'd love for you to follow North Church on Facebook and Instagram. North Church experiences are live streamed on Facebook and YouTube, as well as available on our website. You can find that by going to north.church. Thank you for listening, and as always, love God, love people, and follow Jesus.